2: Hey everyone, uh, this is Dusty Evely. I am flying solo here for this edition of Pack to the Future. Uh, my uh, regular cohort, uh, Andy Herman, who started this whole thing, uh, is out actually uh, heading to Packers Camp right now as we speak, I believe. So he's not able to join me for today. So I'm just going to be flying solo for these 20 minutes. I hope you do not get sick of me. Uh, so, there was. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday. There was actually no camp today. Uh, so, there's not really any new news um, since Saturday. But, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going to. We got a few things to talk about anyway. Um, uh, Matt and Zach did a great job yesterday uh, covering uh, covering some of the happenings. But there's a couple they didn't touch on. Uh, there's a couple fairly big ones. And, and both of the ones that I'm kind of concerned on, uh, or three of them, I guess, are, are all on defense, on the defensive side of the ball, which is not really shocking, I guess. Uh, the offense, I mean, offense has new pieces, uh, you know, rookie receivers and all that, and, and that's very, very exciting. And of course, Aaron Rodgers is back, which is, which is the most exciting news anyone has ever had ever in the history of the world. But uh, it's with Capers finally being gone after, um, it's according to my notes, thirty years. Yes, thirty years in Green Bay as a defensive coordinator, never trying anything new uh, with, with Pettinger. It, it's just there's there's a different feeling around this defense. And of course, um, I was going to say they're focused on. The uh, the defense on the on the in the draft, but they've kind of done that on their capers as, as well. They always seem to prioritize defense, uh, just hoping that they would they would find something to kind of help it uh, take that next step up. So uh, you know we got some new pieces on the defense as well. And, uh, I'm actually I actually kind of want to start with with an old piece, uh, say an old piece. He was drafted a year ago, uh, Kevin King. I know one of the reports I saw out of training camp was uh, he had a really really nice showing opposite uh, Devonte Adams in one on ones, which. If you would have told me this two years ago, I would have said, well, it doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is terrible. He uh, can't catch a ball. Uh, but after his breakout last year, uh, it's, it's a different story. Um, you know, uh, uh, one-on-ones, you have no safety help. It's you versus the man out in front of you. And uh, Adams, as we all know, is going into this season as the absolute, undoubted number one wide receiver. He, he made uh, made people look foolish last year with his, uh, with his footwork tremendous, tremendous get-off off the line, Um, just great moves, violent feet, and uh, King went up against him, I believe it was three times, and uh, didn't allow a catch. Like, played him, uh, by all accounts, played him extremely well, Uh, faced up on him, got the, you know, turn, I think knocked a ball away, which it was just very, uh, it's fairly rare in these drills, so to to see that from the second year guy um, against the number one uh, wide receiver going into the year is really, really promising. I know um it doesn't really i i I really like kevin king uh last year i I thought what he showed was good i thought you know he made some mistakes he wasn't perfect obviously under the cincinnati game in particular um aj green kind of handed him his lunch a little bit but uh more often than not i really liked him i like his athleticism i like his length uh like his speed uh there's not many guys that can run down julio jones on a drag route and knock a ball away but king did that last year uh, which was very very exciting uh, but I know he didn't grade out well. Uh, it doesn't matter where you look. If you looked at, uh, you know, Pro Football Focus or Football Outsiders, even if you asked your very opinionated uncle who thinks that shoulders should stay in their sockets at all time, thank you very much. And so Kevin King was terrible. Like it doesn't matter which rating system you looked at, Kevin King did not grade out particularly well uh, for the year. But but as far as just how he looked, I was really excited about how he looked. So uh, seeing this going in uh, going into camp, go, going up against Adams. Uh, I, I think is, is great, great news. I mean, the, you know, the, the focus is on um, Alexander and Jackson, the, the rookies coming into this class. But uh, I, I think if there's a guy who could really this year seize that number one corner job, uh, I mean, I'm going with Kevin King right now. I just think what he showed and having, you know, being in the second year in the league. And I just think if he stays healthy, uh, I mean, if, like your uncle said, if if his shoulder can stay in his socket, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a good chance to be the number one. So that's a very promising showing, I thought, uh, what the, the reports out of camp wave against uh, Devontae Adams. Um, one of the other ones that um, I actually didn't pay too much attention to uh, was Quentin Rollins. Uh, um, it's it's a little embarrassing, I think, if you go and listen to uh, the Pack to the Future podcast that we did uh, kind of leading into last season that we were just talking about the the – just the embarrassment of riches we had at cornerback. Like, oh man, we got Demarius Randall and we got Quentin Rollins. We got these two young guys. They're going to be there for a while. They're going to be good. We are set. We're set at cornerback. Like, oh man, that that looks really dumb now. Like 12 months, maybe not even 12 months later. Uh, you know, Randall was shipped out of town. And Randall had a good year last year, I thought, especially the uh, second half of the year. Um, but. Uh Rollins did not, and then uh then he got injured. Uh so it's kinda of one of those is he gonna make the team? Uh was he gonna be back? Uh kind of what was in store for this guy, especially with the uh with the draft that we just had. Well uh they are using him a lot as a, as the dime uh, dime linebacker, kinda of what we saw out of Morgan Burnett last year, which is which is very, very exciting. I mean it's not gonna be the same exact thing, obviously, going from uh Capers to Peton, it's not the same exact system. They're not gonna do the same exact stuff, but Uh, I I think Rollins, I think could be very well suited for that role. He did seem out of place a little bit at cornerback. Um, We were, uh, the talk was kind of a transition to safety possibly, but uh, there's a, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of guys there between, you know, obviously Clinton, Clinton Dix and Bryce and uh, Jones is, is kind of the three guys. And and not to say you can't have a fourth guy and rotate them, but um, you know, it's kind of where does Rollins fit into all this between the young guys and the, and the glut of talent at safety. You don't know. So, uh, kind of that dime, uh, dime hybrid linebacker. it would be awesome. I, I know uh, McCarthy. McCarthy was singing his praises uh, a day or two ago. Uh, just seeing, you know, you can see his flexibility. You can see his ability to play to several different positions. Um, so far through camp, he's had exactly zero snaps at outside corner, none whatsoever. Which is not really shocking when you think about it again with the with the guys you have out there with uh, with King and Williams and the two rookies, but uh still to not to not see a single snap out there through a few days of camp is kind of uh kind of crazy to me for a guy like rollins um it's a, pretty much all of his snaps have come at the hybrid safety safety linebacker position which uh i'm it it's kind of exciting uh it's a guy you know you would have i think i would have been hard-pressed to hear anything about quentin rollins at this point in the season and be like oh man this this really gets me hyped uh especially with the with the draft that that we just had but um I don't know this. This kind of gets me hyped a little bit. It, it's got them. Uh, it's got them thinking. Got some moving, some pieces around. I know some people don't really love the the hybrid linebacker safety position. You want guys who are kind of kind of sit in their spots, right? Like they they, they know what they're gonna do and they do it well. But I think in today's NFL, uh, say today's NFL, I mean it's been going on for a very very long time, uh, where you have. Uh, you you have these offenses that adapt so well and have all these kind of hybrid uh, offensive positions, really, that that you can run a package out there and you're not sure whether it's run or pass, and what the defense kind of lines up or who they bring out kind of dictates that. You kind of need to have, uh, you know, one or two guys that could kind of fill that that hybrid role and kind of be that jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. And I don't think Rollins is going to be uh, incredible. I don't think he's going to blow anybody away, but if he can be solid, in that kind of hybrid role. If he can, you know, cover a, cover a tight end or which <laughs> something capers did not know was allowed. I don't think actually. Um, and, and also cover a, uh, cover a running back and also maybe shoot a gap and, and, and do something in the backfield or, you know, make a tackle again like in the run game or something. I, I think, I think he can make an impact there. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And the last topic I really want to bring up again, this stays on the def- defensive side of the ball. This is, uh, it's just something I didn't see coming. I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, it's just something that has uh, shaken up uh, the Packers' world in general. Uh, no one knows what's going on. You know, Up is down. Left is right. Uh, dogs and cats living together. It's, just, it's mass hysteria. And that is, guys, Fackrell beat David Bakhtiari on a one-on-one drill. Now, I know. I know. You're shocked. You have no idea what's going on. I'm going to give you a second to collect yourself here. Uh, it's it's a little crazy. It was a little crazy, and just a a little more context over just ha- kind of how crazy this is. Again, so Bakhtiari is is well regarded as one of the best, if not the best, uh, left tackle in the league. Uh, Kyler Fackrell coming into his third year. Again, it's It's he's coming into his third year, and not only he's coming into his third year. He's coming into his third year. He's going to turn twenty seven this year. Like he was an old rookie. He's coming into this. It's kind of one of those, like, well, maybe he's got some veteran wiles. No, he has nothing. He doesn't have any wiles. Uh, it's fine. Um, it's, so this is his third camp he's in. Up until this point in one-on-one battles, he was one for 30. So he's now two for 31. So that's that's, that's a success rate of about 6.5%. That's awful. For a guy who's trying to make his living as kind of like a, you know an edge rusher or whatever he's trying to be or whatever he has been, Uh, it's, it's not good. So to see this was kind of a, my initial reaction, well, what's wrong with David Bakhtiari? And then my other reaction was, I've not seen a video of this anywhere. So it probably didn't happen. There's, there's, there's Kyler Fackrell truthers out there. And frankly, I don't understand them, but they're out there. Um, and so I, I tried to track down the video. So I put some feelers out. Someone sent me, it was actually up on Packers.com. Uh, it's kind of a very zoomed in. You can actually see it. I made a, made a gif of it and posted it the other day. Um, it's a decent move. Uh, he sets, uh, a, 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 sorry, he sets uh, Bakhtiari up kind of wide, like Fackrell sets him up like a speed rush. That's a nice little, like, uh, nice little speed move back inside. Just a really quick change of direction and, and straight line to the quarterback. It's um, like not an amazing move. It's not anything that's that's going to you know light the world on fire or like oh my goodness, this guy suddenly has moves. Like that's a move I've seen him do before. It's still a decent move. It, it didn't really show me anything uh like a new bag of tricks or anything i know he put on weight and i know mccarthy's saying like he kind of loves what he's been showing in camp so far but um i think fat Girl has two moves he has a, a speed move and then a simple counter and he went with the simple counter which is cool i mean that's that's better than not having any kind of counter at all but um i, I don't i don't know like it's it's a good showing i guess it was a good rep happy for him uh, and, and you know, I've, been, I've been talking Fackerl down, so you know to anyone who's a member of Fakrell's family or something, I apologize. Um, I actually decided I wanted to look up some numbers. Um, because I know I know I've never been a huge fan of him, and again, part of that is is how old he was when he was drafted. The other part of it is how seemingly little impact he's had when he's been on uh, the field. And so I went through. Um, I recently uh, purchased Football Outsiders. Uh, charting stats which which are great um it's like 30 bucks for a year so it's not it's not too bad um and they kind of run through a whole bunch of stuff so one of the ones they have is uh total pressures by individual uh, for the past three years so i kind of decided to decide to go there so i went 2016 uh faculty rookie year he had a total of four and a half pressures on 160 snaps so he was basically pressuring the quarterback uh 2.8 percent of his snaps which which you know isn't great. Um, it was actually higher than Jaron Elliott that year. It was a shade under Julius Peppers. Uh, the highest packer that year was Perry at 3.32, so no one was really doing too much. Um, but but you know, that's that's not bad. Um, but for Facco, that wasn't good, uh, and he wasn't seeing the field very much. Again, 160 snaps isn't very good, and it was, it was mostly pass rushing downs. Uh, so yeah, his rookie year, rookie year, nothing. And again, he was a 24 year old rookie, I think he turned 25 during the season. Um, Uh, So not a good showing. Not a great showing. Uh, So I went to this year, or last year, I'm sorry, 2017. In 2017, uh, on 254 snaps, so um, about 100 more snaps than the year before, he had 19 pressures. 19 pressures, up from 4.5. That's a 7.48% pressure rate for Fackrell last year, up from 2.81. In fact, it was the highest pressure rate of any Packer last year. The highest non-Fackrell division was Nick Perry with 4.34%. Uh, Clay Matthews was at 3.58. Again, Fackerel was 7.48%. 7.4 7.4%. percent That's huge. That's amazing. Uh, I, and there's, I mean, there's, I kind of look to see what guys in other teams, uh, kind of notable names, kind of where he was at in terms of how many pressures he had. Uh, and so to put a little perspective on this, uh, TJ Watt, who everyone and their mother, I think, wanted in Green Bay, uh, had 19.5 pressures last year. So uh, half a pressure more than, uh, than Fackerel did. And he had 751 snaps. Fackrell did it in 254. Uh, so while, you know, he had half a percent more, Fackrell's pressure was 7.5%, whereas TJ Watts was 2.6%. So, I mean, that's that's all great. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's actually better than I thought it was going to be. I know he picked a cu- up a couple sacks last year. And there's a couple times last year. I know there's one game in particular, but I'm blanking on what game it was. Was really like oh oh my goodness Kyler Fackrell actually made a play that's is shocking and um, that the the Fackrell truthers out there didn't like that I didn't think that he was very very good but uh, I mean that's been the, that's the fact of the matter like he's just not very good and every now and then he'll show flashes so he had a, he had a game and he had some plays where he you know get to the quarterback or he'd, he'd play a run really well like he had really nice run play. The fact that I can remember these off the top of my head probably isn't very good, but still, 19 pressures and 254 snaps is is, is really really good. Um, but again, I want I want to put some context on that. So the context is that you, you we'll put him up against um, we'll say Nick Perry. So Nick Perry again, 552 snaps, uh, 23.5 pressures. Perry's not asked to was not asked to rush the passer every single time out there. Uh, again, I, I would assume Perry's would be a little higher uh, than that. But still, it's not like Perry's out there every time. Is saying go get the quarterback. No, he's the, the absolute best run defender. He is, uh, you know, he's he just he's very good at holding an edge. He's not asked to rush the passer every single time. And I feel and Fackrell is out there as a situational pass rusher, which is fine. It seemed like he did very well at it last year, according to the numbers. But um, I, I didn't want to get too carried away with the seven and a half percent pressure rate because he's he's when he's out there, he's asked to do one thing. You know, maybe, maybe one or two things. But his primary goal is getting to the quarterback when he's out there. Um, I haven't looked at the down breakdown. Uh, it's not easily available, and I haven't had time to look at it. But uh, I'm going to assume that most of those are third-down situations, uh, maybe second-along situations, where you know late-game situations where they know they're going to be throwing. Like, Fat Girls out there, a the situational pass rusher, which, again, is fine. Uh, but I didn't want to get too carried away on those numbers um, because while they're good, if you start looking at the comparisons of what the other guys were also asked to do, like, it's not that much. Um, where it's, you know, I don't want to say not that much. I don't want to diminish what Fackrell did. I just want to say, it's not as amazing as it looks based on the numbers. Um, I also kind of want to look at uh, his snap counts throughout the year. Uh, and he stayed, he stayed pretty consistent. And I swear I'm going to go somewhere with this. Um, he stayed pretty consistent throughout the year. So, uh, Fackrell had, um, you know, in week one, like, Twelve snaps. He went 12-19, then forty-one in week three, and then from there he was generally throughout the rest of the year he was uh, twenty-four, uh, kind of kind of mid twenties, mid thirties. His highest week was week eleven with forty-six snaps, which put him at sixty-two point two percent of the defensive snaps. I mean, actually his highest his highest percentage of the year uh, was back the aforementioned Cincinnati game. We had forty-one snaps, and that counted for sixty-seven percent. So. Uh, even when he's in there like he's he's in there for half maybe roughly over half uh, of the game and late in the year, he, the Carolina game he did less than 30 percent. so what these numbers would have meant is if he started out slow and his snap counts picked up over the year, uh, that would have that would have told me that the coaches saw something in him hey this, when we put this guy out there he's really getting after the passer No, what what these numbers to me tell me is that uh, he was always seen as a situational pass rusher and there's no reason to there's no reason to change, to change that thinking. Uh, ba- based on what I'm seeing. Now, the other thing to bring up that I thought was really interesting is I wanted to look at Reggie Gilbert. Now, I, I actually have not really heard Gilbert's name too much in, in training camp, but uh, but that's a guy that I've really, really, really got my eye on. Uh, he looked really, really good. So he came in. He's got um, through two games, he had uh, four pressures, which is pretty good. Um, his uh, His pressure rate was 4.65%. Which is in eighty-six snaps, uh, which is you know super small uh, sample rate. So there's not a whole lot to be done by. it. But he seemed to me like he was a guy who just he knew what he was doing. There was a there was a, a abruptness, there was a suddenness to to Gilbert. There was a, a just a motor on on Gilbert that I didn't really see to that effect in Fackrell. He just is a better athlete than Fackrell. I think is really what it comes down to. He played in two games. He played in uh, week sixteen and seventeen. He had uh, forty-six snaps in week sixteen. And 40 snaps in week 17, and Fackrell in those games, 39 and 23. So he, even though Fackrell, his numbers actually looked decent last year as far as a pass rusher. When Gilbert was out there, the Gilbert out there, Fackrell got less. And that was, I mean, the season was lost. That was they lost both those games. It was uh, the 16 nothing loss uh, to Minnesota in Green Bay, and then the 35 to 11 loss at Detroit, which still doesn't seem real because it's it's Detroit. I mean, come on. Um, if if Gilbert was looking, I think, or if Fackrell was looking good up until that point, you see, like, all right, well, this is the guy. Uh, we're gonna see what he's got. We're just gonna tell him to get after the passer, or we're gonna give him a lot more playing time. We give him you, eighty know, percent of the snaps or something through those two games. That's not what happened at all. Uh, basically, Fackrell stayed about the same, um, you know, thirties, twenties, uh, and thirties, and Gilbert came in and got more snaps than him in both those games. Now, again, you can say, well, they're rolling the dice with a younger guy. Like, yeah, that's true. But you still don't necessarily know what you have in Fackrell, um, or maybe you do, and that's why you're keeping him there. So, I just want to say, um, you know, big up, big up to Kyler Fackrell for showing out and and beating Bakhtiari in a one on one and getting two wins under your belt in those one on ones in your third camp. That's uh, that's good. And again, like I said earlier, man, I want Fackrell to succeed because uh, if Fackrell's succeeding, that's that that's good for the defense. This is what the defense has missed. The defense has been missing a consistent pass rush out of anyone not named Clay Matthews and Nick Perry who are both injured all the time. So if Fackerel can turn around and and he, if this year can be his year and he has a breakout and maybe Gilbert has a breakout as well, like that's I'm happy with that. I'll stop the jokes immediately. I just I haven't seen that out of him and just based on the numbers and based on the snaps and based on everything from last year. I don't. Honestly, I don't know that this uh, that this one on one means very much. I know, I know, guys. I don't think that this one rep and a one on one is going to pretend big things for the rest of the career of this guy who's not shown much so far. So I apologize for not blowing this out of proportion, um, but that's that's kind of where I am with Fakrul. And with that, guys, um, I don't know how I did it. Well, I, I do know how I did it. I talk a lot. I believe our twenty minutes are up. So. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you won't have to put up with me like this again for a while. I'll be back next week with Andy. Um, you can find me uh, at, on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Uh, I also do some uh, some football breakdown GIFs over at All22Talk. Talk. So I've got both of those. Um, i got some you know some writing coming up for the season that I'm excited about. I've got actually a couple pieces that I'm hoping to put up before the season about plays that the Packers could steal from the Rams this year that I'm pretty hyped about. And I'm also doing a... Um, a podcast with Pack to the Future. It's at PTTF underscore podcast, where we um, actually previewed the entire AFC last week, and we're going to be doing the NFC here in the next week or two. So, pretty hyped about that. Uh, for this podcast, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has just been a tremendous experience so far. Um, you can uh, we can be found on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and you also on Cheesehead TV. Make sure to subscribe, like, and comment to wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps get more views and helps get more listens uh, for us, which is which is just huge, huge, huge. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Uh, make sure you listen tomorrow. Um, I mean, we've got you know great people every single day. Uh, tomorrow, Jacob and Ross are going to be going on, um, and they're they're just tremendous. Uh, their knowledge of the Packers and their knowledge of of just football in general is great. So that's going to be a tremendous podcast. Make sure you listen to that. Uh, guys, thank you so much for sticking with me. Uh I will talk to you next week.
0: Shotgun formation of third and fifteen to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rogers looks it over, gets the snap.
1: Back pedals now
0: under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. God, Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Can you believe it? I believe, believe it. One kick away from the NFC Championship game from the 41. Left hand mark. 51 yards. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And it is right there in yes. the
1: middle. It is